Raising the speed limit on the information superhighway. TalkZone.com. Let's return to all things employment with Vicki Causa on TalkZone.com. Well, welcome back. We are continuing our conversation with my guest today, Bob Bellatoni, president of Trading Places Executive Search. And Bob's been giving us some really good insight into the search world and what happens during a search or or what people can expect in using a search firm. I wanted to mention Bob's website in the event that anybody would like to check out Bob's company and perhaps use their services. You can find them on the on the web at tradingplacesny.com. That's tradingplacesny.com, and that's one word. So please feel free to visit Bob's site and get in touch with him if you'd like some more information. I think that'd be a great help for those out there looking for work. Bob, getting back to some of the information I wanted to share with our listeners, and we've been talking about recruiting and staffing, headhunting, executive searches and all. I guess a question people might have in their mind is there's so many firms out there to choose from, and there's so much advertisement on the web. You go to any one of these job boards, and you are inundated with different firms and different organizations, what would you suggest is the best way for somebody to choose a firm? Because I think what you mentioned before the break, as far as somebody being there to help guide your search and actually help uncover positions that you may not have been aware of, is a great tool today. But how would you go about search, you know, choosing a search firm? Well, you're absolutely right. There's probably hundreds of search firms out there, and, and particularly on some of the uh, business networks, but uh, I guess the best way to find a reputable search firm, and, and that's going to make uh, a clear difference between someone that's just new on the street or, or, you know, I'm sure they're all good, but reputable ones generally are in business a long time. So, you know, you could find out how long they've been in business and, and check them out that way. You could certainly put their name in the Internet, you know, Google it and see what they come up with, see if there's any information out there about them. Uh, another way of actually finding out, you know, if it's a good search firm or not is, is check with some of your managers, you know, friends or someone that has experienced uh, one or two of these uh, executive search firms, recruiting firms, uh, staffing agencies, whatever it is that you choose to use. Um, so use their recommendations. You know, experience and word of mouth is always a good thing. You know, check them out on the Internet, see how long they've been in business, and see if they have a professional profile on any references that they could provide to you. You know, um, again, there's uh, hundreds of them that you could use, and, and I'm sure most of them are good. Um, but, you know, that would be the way I would go about it. And then, of course, after you do your background checks and you do your due diligence, uh, you know, you want to uh, approach them, see how honest they are, how, how sincere they are, see how they treat you, see if they're really interested in helping you and could guide you and, and uh, give you some insight. So, you know, a lot is going to depend on, on the personal interaction between, you know, the candidate and, and the recruiter, but there's various ways that you could go about that. Hmm. Well, I guess, you know, in, in your experience, I guess, can you share with us, you know, what changes have you seen in the employment landscape? Do you see a surge in people using recruiting firms or is there, has there been a drop off or how are people going about finding work today? Is this something that's affected you and your, your industry as well? Well, yeah, we're not immune to it at all. So, you know, we're like anyone else. We're affected by both the negative and positive changes that happen out there. And I have seen both. I have seen both negative and positive changes in the job market today. Surprisingly, I've even noticed that some of the firms are, even with the recent layoffs, their companies are still hiring and expanding. So, you know, um, 
you know, that's one of the things I've noticed. I've noticed that smaller companies that are brimming with cash are hiring talent that they would not normally be able to attract before. You know, so people are effectively leaving the larger firms, uh, you know, due to layoffs and going to smaller firms. But the smaller firms aren't bad. You know, most people have a big uh, company syndrome. I want to be with a big company. It's stable. It's not going to go anywhere. And look what's happening today. Mm. So some of the smaller firms may be a very good outlet for them to go to. You know, I've noticed uh, that the landscape is actually getting smaller due to mergers and takeovers. I mean, if you look at, you know, Wells Fargo, Wachovia, or Smith, Bonnie, Morgan Stanley, you know, or J.P. Morgan Chase with Bank of New York and, and uh, you know, um, Washington Mutual and, and so many other firms that are merging together. So the companies are almost as large as they were before, uh, except they're one, under one name rather than, than two. Mm. Um so, you know, those are the changes that I have noticed. And, and is there a surge with people going to uh, recruiters and, and executive search firms? I would think that you want to use every tool possible out there. Absolutely. Um, you know, unfortunately, we may not have the jobs that they're looking for. You know, and that's how we're affected. You know, the companies are self-sourcing in some cases as a cost-effective way to save some money. But uh, the... Um, the effect that it has on us is, is similar to, you know, what's going on overall. Mm. And as a rule, would you say, and you brought up something that just triggered a question for me that I just came upon. You know, if you don't have the the positions in-house that folks are looking for, do search firms share information ever? I mean, so if you didn't have a position as a, you know, an executive VP of finance or whatever, but you know of a company that does. Does that something that would happen, or does somebody, or should somebody just keep continuing to put their names with different firms? Well, actually, you know, it's, there are alliances. There's certainly alliances between executive search firms. Um, you know, I would not say it's commonplace because no one wants to actually split a fee with someone. You know? mm. um, but in this market, you know, anything's possible. But uh, we have alliances with other companies. And, and they're, you know, trustworthy companies that we trust ourselves because obviously we want to get paid. Uh, but we will share candidates and, and other opportunities with people out there. So if I don't have the job and I know about a job, either I will send that person directly to that company that I know is hiring or mm-hmm. send them to another executive search firm that I know that has that position uh, filed with them. So, um that's both a yes and no answer, but for the yeah. most part, getting in touch with a recruiter and executive search firm could enlighten you and, and uh, you know, you could obtain uh, more job information than you normally would uh, if, if you didn't call them. Well, that's good to know because I, I think people are a little skeptical about using search firms for, for quite a few reasons. I mean, I've heard things varying from, well, they never call me back or, you know, they're only in it to make money and, you know, they're not really interested in me and they don't have the jobs I want. I have to keep going to various, you know, firms. So it's good to know that there is that collaboration, you know, not maybe as widespread as people think or would like, but there is that collaboration, which I think is fabulous. Now, in, in given what people are faced with today, Bob, and given the unemployment rate as it is, in your experience, what would you suggest or how can candidates gain an edge today? Because there's so much competition out there. And, and last week on the show, we had a, an executive coach speaking about the fact that or actually she was a, um, a specialist in social networking. And her comment, I think, was a good one where she said, you know, there may be millions and millions of people out of work out there, but there are millions and millions of jobs and you just need one. What would you suggest is a great way for somebody to gain an edge in this market? When you say gain an edge, do you mean stand out? 
Yeah, to, to distinguish themselves a bit, because there's so many people looking. How would you suggest somebody makes themselves stand out to gain an edge? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always tell my candidates to, to have a positive attitude. You know, mm. you have to remember that if they're being called for an interview, and, and in this case, I know you're not talking about having an interview, but uh, regardless whether you have an interview or not, uh, always have a positive attitude. Always project a, a uh, enthusiastic and 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 our professional approach. I think in all cases, uh, that is the one thing that makes me different from someone else or that person different from me. It's going to be the personality, the attitude, the, the, the approach, the presentation. You know, so that has a lot to do with it. I, I think that's foremost. Uh, another way that they could stand out is making sure that their resume has all the pertinent information that it possibly needs on there. No bells and whistles. Just get the right information on there. And make sure that the spelling and the grammar is correct. You don't want a resume going out. You want it, you know, you don't want it going out with any errors on it. You want it ever free, mm. so that the first impression that they get is okay. If the guy has a good resume, you know, um, you know, we're going to call him in. Uh, make sure you prepare and come up with a game plan. You know, and if you're out there, you're looking. For all those people that may be listening, you know, make sure that you pretty much have some type of set plan, you know, that, you know, today I'm going to go after these companies and send my resumes. You're going to take notes and so on, and then you're going to follow up and, and whatever. And if you can, make contact with people, examples, recruiters, managers, HR people. Try to introduce yourself to those people in, in, on the phone or send them a non-intrusive email, you know, Somehow mm. get yourself noticed, you know, get yourself from the back of the line or to the middle of the line or to the front of the line, however you would do that. Um, and, and one thing I would also suggest, particularly when people are, are looking for jobs um, and they have not been unemployed for 10 or 15 years, and this is the first time it's happening to them, try to keep your ego out of the way. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I say that only because you know that's going to stop that positive attitude from being projected and so on and so forth. Those are the things that I would suggest. And I think those are excellent points, Bob. And just one real quick question, too. We're going to be taking a break here shortly. But you mentioned the resume, absolutely error-free and no bells and whistles, just have the pertinent information. What about cover letters? There's been so much out there. I mean, I'm a big proponent of them. I think you need to absolutely – you know, include them because it serves a purpose. But from you being on the front lines in the recruiting world, what's the opinion of a cover letter? I don't need them. You know, mm-hmm. um, I really don't. Uh, I'm looking for more of content, character, and everything mm-hmm. else uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to a candidate. You know, it's nice that they send a cover letter and it's nice to read, but I'm really interested in the person, their attitude, their personality, their temperament, their their uh, presentations, both physically and, and verbally. Um, I'm looking at the resume, the contact of the, the content of that resume. Does, does it have what I need for my client? You know, I'm always interested in meeting my client's needs, and I'm also very much interested in helping the candidate. So, you know, that's where my meat and potatoes really is. Uh, the cover letter is nice, but it's cosmetic for me. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not something I need. It's not a tool that I would use. It's something that I wouldn't send a cover letter to my client. My my client only wants the resume. My only my client only wants my endorsement and my analogy of that individual. So mm-hmm. you know, for for corporations, maybe a cover letter may be good. Um, and I wouldn't suggest that they don't use them. I would suggest that they do. But for my own purposes, it's the resume and the person that I'm interested in. 
So let me just ask you this, too, because we're going to be breaking very shortly. But if, in fact, someone sees a job that you may have listed on your site or something that you may be recruiting for, it wouldn't be necessary for them to write you a cover letter. It'd be more important to email and say, gee, I noticed this position on your site. I'd like to talk to you about my credentials. And that would be enough. Is that, is that much, you know, uh, because the first thing I'm going to do is look at that resume and see if it meets the qualifications of a job that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm going to contact that person. I'm going to let them know what I think, uh, regardless whether it's a negative or positive response. But, yes, no, that's what I need. I need that resume. I need to know where you've been, what you've done, you know, how you got there, why you're leaving, you know, all those things that a cover letter will not tell me. Right. Okay. Excellent. And a real quick question, too, on resumes, Bob, just before we go to our next break. There's been so many different forms of resumes. The chronological one has been the one, the king has been around for so long, but we've seen a lot of folks using the functional resume because of their experience. Do you have a preference? And we may not be able to answer that completely now because we'll be breaking, but really quickly, do you have a preference in how you see people's information? My position is whatever works, works. You know, ah, whatever, whatever works for you and gets you to that, that interview. Um, that's the tool you want to use. Good point. And as I said too, because we've been, I've seen so many different forms, and people have asked so many questions. And there's so many resume writers out there now who are saying, if you have certain amount of experience in a certain industry for a lot of years, it's not necessary to list it chronologically because you're just repeating the same thing. Better that you are able to use that space to really impress somebody in a very short amount of time. Now, the other thing that I've heard, and I've I've said this to people because I do believe it's true, that companies, not so much recruiting firms, but companies, when they do put out a call for resumes, we'll look at that resume from anywhere to 15 to 30 seconds to see if they see what they need. Is that a fair statement? Is that about right? Well, you know, the haystack's getting bigger and bigger every day now, you know, yeah. uh, and, and unfortunately, with all the people that are responding to job opportunities, uh, whether it be email or mailing in the resume or whatever the case may be, yes, I would think that the time is getting less because the haystack's getting bigger and they have more resumes to look at. Um, so, you know, I, even I get, you know, even I do it sometimes. You know, I need certain keywords or a certain, certain amount of experience or certain titles or whatever the case may be, and I'll scan them. I try to look at them a little bit more, but the more that come in, uh, the quicker I have to respond. So it's sort of a forced work effort, you know. Um, yeah. I have 500 emails. I've got to go through them. If they don't get my attention within the first 30 or 40 seconds, and that's a long time when you're reading a, a resume, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to hang from a rope for 40 seconds. So, you know, so effectively, you know, that it sounds like it's a little bit of time, but it's actually a fair amount of time to make an analogy of whether you need to talk to that person or not. Um, but, yes, that's true, and it happens. Yeah, and, you know, that's an excellent point, too, because and people will come in with their own resumes, and they'll come to me and ask me to critique them and help them, and absolutely we want to make that resume, you know, as pertinent as possible. And when I start to suggest that we take some stuff out – they, they're looking at me like, oh, that doesn't make sense to me, and I need them to know that. And my thing to them is, look, you've got 15 to 30 seconds to impress somebody with this with this synopsis of who you are. Save the really detailed stuff for the interview. Let them be, you know, for me, that resume should whet the appetite of the recruiter, of the hiring manager, gets your foot in the door, gets you recognized, and maybe sets you apart a little bit from other folks. We're going to be taking a break here, Bob, but the other thing I wanted to ask you, if you could kind of elaborate a little bit on it, I've, I've no, I've mentioned this before in the program. You mentioned keywords, and I think we're pretty familiar with you and I are where that you find them and what they should be. But if we could talk a little bit about that, we're going to take a break now. But if we could talk about that when we come back, I think that would help people a great deal in, in putting their credentials together as well. All right, sounds good. 
Okay, great. You're listening to All Things Employment on TalkZone.com. My name is Vicki Causer. We've got Bob Bellatoni, the president of Trading Places Executive Search, as our guest. Feel free to give us a call at 888-463-6748. And please make sure you come back after the break. Thanks so much. 